0: hey there everyone uh welcome to the channel it is denise Salcedo. you're watching speak now pro wrestling november 16th here on f4w online make sure to subscribe and we got to talk about dynamite which was the go home show today for heading into AEW full gear the final dynamite before the big show um not the big show although we will talk about the big show later but before the big show uh it's gonna be uh we kind of got a lot to get into here today everyone and i'm in a pretty damn good mood today um i'm just really excited about things everyone i don't know how else to say this i'm just very excited across the board about a bunch of stuff. But before we get to just everything, I do want to let you guys know that this, uh, oh my God, I had the John Moxley moment for a second. I was like, this Saturday, this Sunday, which day is it? Uh, this Saturday, I will be at AEW full gear. And I mentioned this on uh, yesterday's podcast when I was talking about NXT, but I mentioned that they officially announced, and this has already been put out there, but they officially made it clear to all the media that there is going to be a media scrum following a w full gear tomorrow tony khan is doing a media briefing as well and then um so i wonder how that's gonna go and then we're actually gonna do the media scrum um following full gear and i'm curious because uh usually for these media scrums uh They tend to bring out certain people that, you know, obviously won matches, if you see a new champion, etc. So I feel like this one has a really good potential of being really good. And more so, I'm curious as to whether or not we're actually going to be seeing the elite in the media scrum. I don't know but I'm praying for it. All right, everyone, I am praying for it. I'm really hoping we do, but who knows? I'm pretty sure for lots of reasons we probably won't, but who the hell knows anymore. Um, so anyway, so it's gonna be a fun weekend and I will be sh- making sure to keep you guys uh, posted with all of that. Uh, you guys know the drill already. Uh, also, before we get into AEW Dynamite today, just a heads up, everybody, in order to help support this podcast, if you enjoy this show, um, if you just wanna you know, show some love, show some whatever, uh, you are more than welcome to to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show. Uh, It also helps because not only do you help support me on this platform, but on top of that, you also get your question, comment, or statement, recipe, hot take, opinion. That's the same thing as a hot take, kind of. Uh, Whatever it is, feel free to send it in in a super chat, and I will make sure to read those as we go through the entire show today. You all know the drill. We actually got our first super chat of the day, and this is from Grapple Geekery, who says, are you bringing a helmet for the scrum? i'm bringing two things and you want to know okay i'm bringing three things i only know i'm bringing four things i only need four things (laughs) me my phone my camera and my microphone that is all that is all i need um and i will be a-okay uh so we'll see how that all uh turns on uh Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for sending this. I might bring in some muffins too. You know what? Count that as five. I'm going to be bringing five things. Uh, Grapple Geekery, thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously. Um, <laughs> Zedial Z- says, Denise, wear riot gear for the media scrum. Bro, I should show up in those like hazmat suit. No, definitely riot gear. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely show up in that for sure because I'll be there, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying next time, Next time, if, if the stars align and there's another madness brawl or something that legitimately happens, you know, backstage, uh, this time I'm going to be prepared. If I see any security guards running out, I'm going to run after them, be making sure I get that footage, man, because, you know, I think about this sometimes I think about like the the all out media scrum and I'm like, I replay things in my head and I'm like, Oh, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently. And I think to myself, what if just what if I would have gone to the bathroom right after that security guard ran out? Like, what if I would have gone to the bathroom? I could have gone to the bathroom and maybe seen something. Like, I thought about that. But anyways, I didn't. Uh, let's get into this show, everybody. We got uh, the opening match. Uh, actually, before we get into that, I do want to preface this. I thought that AEW Dynamite tonight was really good okay i didn't think it was too much i thought it was just the right amount of razzle dazzle that we need ahead of aw full gear i thought that they gave us a lot of good in-ring content i feel that for the most part uh all the matches tonight delivered like I can't think right now at the top of my head of one match that I thought sucked or anything like that. No, I thought that everything delivered. I loved all of the packages that we got all of the promos that we got. I just thought that across the board um, from top to bottom the pacing and just the way that everything was uh, set up. I was a big fan of the way that they actually did today's show. Uh, so let's get into it. We had our opening match and this was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Brian Daniels and Claudio Castagnoli as you guys know all these four guys are heading into um, the four-way at full gear for the ROH World Championship and so this was really what this was was getting these guys in there um we were seeing a lot here that I think I just really enjoyed and what that was was really I mentioned that we got a lot of good in-ring action today I thought this match was probably the most uh, hard hitting of the night because they really went all out there and they weren't a pretty fast paced match, but not, not like what we saw later on with like the Death triangle and stuff like that, like this match, uh, it was a little bit different in that sense, but we got a lot of really good stuff. Like they started clobbering each other really right from the start. I absolutely loved that. They kicked things off with, uh, Brian Danielson and Sammy literally going at it, uh, with each other because they just came out of that two out of three falls match that we just saw, uh, last week. So. I I really like that they made sure not to not to like forget about that. Like these guys, you can still argue that they have like unfinished business just because you fought someone last week and you're in a tag team match this week doesn't mean that you're like not be lining towards that person. So I really, really liked all of that. But there were a lot of really great spots in this, including uh, Cesaro doing the vertical suplex on Sammy Guevara, which ended up coming looking even better because uh, as Cesaro had, you know, this grown whoever. I mean, I'm assuming Sammy weighs, like, what, 160, 180 pounds? I don't know. Uh, You know, he has this guy, grown-sized guy, carrying him and doing the vertical suplex. But on top of that, he is also kind of doing, like, these lunges. As he's he's lifting up Sammy, holding up his body. Like, that was freaking dope. Really freaking dope. And there was a moment where Sammy uh, gouged gouged, 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 whatever the hell the word is. Uh, Oh my God, I'm blanking on the word. Uh, Freaking stabbing the eyes of uh, Brian Danielson. And I like that he, that, it wasn't necessarily that portion of that that I liked. I liked that immediately afterwards, once Cesaro and once Claudio got back into the ring, he was the one that was essentially stretching out Chris Jericho and like, taunting Sammy Guevara right in front of him for essentially doing uh, the gouging, gouging, that's the word, the eye gouging of... Um, Sammy Guevara of of Brian Danielson's eyes. So I kind of like that little like tit for tat kind of deal. Uh, that was pretty fun to see during this. Brian Danielson doing like the running drop kick a bunch of uh, a couple of times on Sammy was really freaking great. Uh, Jericho implements the bat, brings it into this ring. The ref isn't looking uh, and he uses it on Brian Danielson and you're thinking like, oh shit, like this is the way things are going to go down, but we get so much more action out of this. Uh, there was a great spot too where Jericho Jericho had Claudio in the walls of Jericho. And then Brian Danielson literally comes off of the top rope, right with a drop kick right into Chris Jericho, uh, Danielson locking the LaBelle lock on Sammy Guevara, Brian doing the dive to the outside to Sammy. All of that was freaking great. The finish, uh, Jericho trying to use the bat on, uh, on Claudio Castagnoli and Claudio grabbing him and doing the big swing on him. While Chris Jericho is holding on to the bat, guys. Um, I seriously marked the hell out for this. This was freaking cool. And we've seen Jericho get the big swing at this point quite a few times. Like, he takes it very, very well. I noticed that when when Claudio does it on Jericho, it tends to last a little bit longer. So um, that's always really impressive. And this time with the bat, dude, imagine, like, Jericho had, like, really sweaty hands or something. And then all of a sudden, that bout just, like, freaking uh, flew out of his hands and hit somebody. Like, that could have definitely happened with somebody who wasn't careful. Uh, So anyways, Jericho ends up, I mean, excuse me, Claudio ends up tapping out Jericho in this match, getting the win for his team. And I like that they gave uh, Cesaro the win here, uh, allowed him to get the victory for his team here, because I feel like, you know, ever since, like, I feel like given that Claudio is obviously a former ROH world champion, I feel like they got to, um, you know, just give him a little bit of a, a how do I say, how do I say, like a boost or just like kind of remind us, like, hey, like this guy held the championship, he's going into this fatal four way, he definitely has a shot in this match. And I feel like given this performance and then him actually getting the win, it was kind of like, oh, you know what, maybe whatever you know if you were thinking there was like a 0% chance of Claudio winning maybe now you have a 10% now you're thinking oh maybe now it's up to 10% so I feel like they uh really made Claudio look really great in this I mean they all looked great in this this was honestly um a really good way to kick off the show I was a fan of this one we got grapple geekery says uh that will now be known as salcedo math I don't know what I did what did I do did I do something about math I don't even remember. Grapple Geekery, I'm terribly sorry. I'm, I'm completely blanking on what you're talking about. I know you're talking about Steiner math, but did I just do math on this show? It's been, what, 11 minutes. I do not recall doing math, so I'm a little bit out of it right now. Uh, we got 554K who sends in a super chat saying, uh, Hola, me voy a intentar, intentar a decir eso. Esto en español, eres la reina de los tweets y los memes de lucha libre y la más hermosa persona en el IWC and YouTube. Uh, thank you so much to 554K for sending this uh, super chat here in Spanish. Um, for those of you listening here that do not speak Spanish, you just basically put over my uh, my tweets and my YouTube channel. So thank you so much to 554K uh, for sending in the super chat and doing it in Spanish too, because I speak Spanish, but I am a terrible, um, I'm not very good at reading Spanish though. So that, that's always a little bit of a challenge for me. So as you can tell clearly, all right, let's continue on from here, everybody. All right. So good opening uh match for the most part. Let's get into this. Um, I mean, we only have a little bit to talk about this and this is the body bag video that we got with sting and Darby. So, I freaking love this. So one of the things that Jeff Jarrett, I know you guys don't like him, but one of the things he's been saying is that he's going to leave these guys and leave everybody in AEW essentially in body bags. So that's been uh, his big thing, body bags. And to be honest, that's definitely not something that's going to terrify somebody like Darby Allen. Darby Allen gives zero Fs, man. Like you can put this guy in a coffin you can put him in uh anything that would terrify like me and you uh in a room full he could be on fear factor and do very very well uh i don't know if that's still a thing i don't think fear factor is still a thing but i remember it being a thing uh darby the kind of person that would thrive in those scenarios but either way so they kind of do um you know a take off of jeff Jarrett's comments with the body bags and you see darby um It's a black and white video, and it shows Darby in a full-on body bag being picked up by Sting. And Sting's like, (laughs) Sting is in the car, you know, basically chilling, having breeze in his hair. And uh, he puts the body bag in the backseat of the car, and Darby zippers himself out of it and just crosses on over and gets into the front seat so you know i think about this and this is this was cool right see darby get himself out of the body bag but if sting was a real friend shouldn't sting just like unzipped him it takes five seconds he could have just unzipped him hey dude come sit and come sit shotgun we're bros uh but darby unzipped himself gets himself uh to the passenger side and they pretty much uh Cruz and Sting just basically says that full gear will be showtime. Uh, this really was just more for the memes. Honestly, um, we end up getting a, a quick, very quick promo with Sanjay Dutt, Jay Leto and Satnam Singh and Jeff Jarrett uh, backstage. And he basically says that he and Sting have wrestled for 24 years and that full gear, this will be the last time. So it was very brief, uh, very sh- straightforward. And I think that I think I'm thinking that the reason they kept it very brief is because the Jeff Jarrett uh, segments haven't necessarily gotten high markings from AEW fans. A lot of AEW fans have not been uh, so thrilled with the with the Jeff Jarrett stuff. So I feel like they kind of just decided to keep it a little bit on the brief side this week. Uh, But I really loved just the way that that video was shot. So good stuff we continue on with music vi- we continue on with videos this time we get the acclaimed music video and this was something this was essentially um uh they're mocking obviously Keith, keefe and uh Keith Lee and uh swerve strickland right so they're mocking them they have paul white the big show bringing back his uh, Captain Insano character from the Water Boy, And they're doing this whole thing. They're like interviewing them. Uh, they have uh, they have guys calling in. Uh, supposedly, they're supposed to be dressed as Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And they're calling in, asking a question. And they're just like being mocked and whatnot. And it really ends with, uh, what well, not ends with, but there's a really funny, let me upload this because we get a very funny clip of them just like laughing, laughing onto the camera. And it almost looks like, I don't know, this is, I've never done drugs in my life. If I did drugs, I feel like this is what I would see. Just a bunch of this. And here, what we got on the screen is Paul White (laughs) looking all I don't even know what the word is to describe what he's looking like here. Uh, But we get a bunch of close-ups of The Acclaimed and Paul White doing a bunch of this. And finally, we get into the actual music video itself. And in this music video, uh, they're literally doing like the cheesiest thing but it freaking works because they're on the beach they're shooting a music video at the beach they're like scissoring each other and just having a good time walking around like a family Uh, i think they're even holding hands at one point uh i mean they really look like a nice little family the acclaimed uh and billy gunn there so this was that on top of that there was a uh mention that i thought was pretty noteworthy so if you guys uh Every Sunday I do after the week podcast, the after the week podcast on my YouTube channel. It's with myself and Will Washington. <laughs> well, he was low key mentioned in this music video because uh, one of the uh, lines that was mentioned in regard uh, during this music video was about a uh, swerve having family in the dirt sheets and <laughs> He basically took, basically saying that Swerve is evil for being associated with the media. And there was a bunch of other stuff, but I died when I heard this, I was like, oh my God, Right away, I texted Will and I was like, bro, this is about you, huh? And he was like, yep, it's about me. Uh, So that was pretty cool. I can't wait to get his actual thoughts on it and see how he felt because I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm assuming he didn't see it coming. I don't think he saw it coming because his reaction via text was definitely, uh, he was caught off guard. So I can't wait to hear his thoughts on being mentioned in this music video for being related to swerve um all right so let's get on to this we got a super chat here from the cooch 97 thank you so much to the cooch who says bandito captain Insano, ar fox death triangle versus the elite june and Ta- uh, Takeshta on aw rampage friday great night loved your tweets tonight denise uh honestly aw gave me a lot of good material tonight uh i'm usually on point with the tweets and stuff because i try to make like a fun account but uh it helps when they give me good material. There's times where I'm reaching, where I'm like, okay, this could be funny. This is funny, Yeah, this works. But tonight they gave me a whole lot of material. So I was very happy about that. Um, Thank you so much to the Cooch97 for getting uh, this uh, Super Chat sent in here. Uh, Send in your thoughts, guys. I will be pulling them up again if you wanna make sure that your question, comment or statement gets read on the stream. And if you also wanna help support this podcast, please do send in any Super Chats. I'm on a sick budget right now, everybody. I might as well just let you guys all know, I'm on a sick budget after purchasing Taylor Swift tickets. Yes, I survived the Hunger Games. So I'm gonna be pushing them super chats cause I got a capital one bill to pay, man. All right, so uh, let's get into, uh, obviously after the music video, this led into Swerve versus Bowens. Uh, this was a pretty fun little match that they did here. Uh, there was an interesting line and I'm curious to see what you guys thought about about this because for the most part Max Caster does a lot of like really funny lines right I think he's only really gotten in heat for one of them which was the one that he did a while back about Simone uh when the whole thing happened when she dropped out of the Olympics and just basically all of that um and you know that uh that happened a long time ago but we got another one and this was about Jay Leno uh, there was a line that included uh, Jay Leno burning himself this past week so I didn't know what the reaction was for that line but it did kind of take me aback just a little bit um I don't think I've caught up with the latest on Jay Leno I just read that he uh was burned uh while fixing his car or something like that but I haven't followed up and seen like the updates other than the initial news so I was like oh shit Max Caster went there what um but anyways we then moved on to the actual match. And so this was pretty uh, this was pretty good. Uh, there was a moment and this basically led to the end where Strickland kind of like snaps the arm of Bowen's and then afterwards he hits a, a top rope swerve stomp and he goes for the pin but it's a it's a two count so he doesn't get the three. Bowen's to, tries to get a uh a schoolboy in on swerve Strickland, but again, he goes for the arm again and ends up getting a clean victory hitting the uh jml driver so that was a pretty good victory for swerve i would say getting this win here and i'm not doing any predictions here tonight because i am doing a separate prediction show tomorrow morning on my youtube channel for full gear but i feel like this is lending more towards uh i mean i don't think that the acclaimed are going to be losing at full gear. I think it would be a mistake to have them lose at full gear. So I feel like Swerve getting the win here tonight just continued to further that whole theory along. But now they're basically telling the story of like, shit, like, you know, Bowens isn't necessarily going to be 100% if he attacked that uh, that shoulder. And even after the match, we were still seeing Bowens hold on to that shoulder. So I'm like, that's definitely going to play um, some sort of role in uh, the full gear match, so we'll see what happens and what ends up going down uh, with all of that. I have people asking here if it's a little bit too soon for uh, for them to lose the titles hell yeah I personally think it's way too soon for the acclaimed to lose the titles especially because they're one of the hottest acts that they have right now and that's not to say that Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee are not hot but it is the acclaimed that they're the ones that are getting these massive reactions and signs and merch and I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that I posted but or saw on shop AEW that they just put out some new ugly Christmas sweaters and uh, there's one that says scissor me underneath the mist Toe, I kind of want to buy that. If it wasn't fifty dollars, I would so buy it. If it was a little cheaper, I'd buy it. But right now I'm on a budget, so it ain't happening. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's get into um, let's get into some comments here. This one's from Andrew Cook here, who says. You kind of knew that Bowens was going to lose because Swerve has more of a singles career, but Bowens really showed his toughness with all the kickouts tonight. Yeah, I think that was definitely something that uh, stood out for sure. Uh, so thank you so much to Andrew for sending this in as well. Uh, this is from Justin who says, Swerve needed the win and it was good ma- a good match. Still, th- still think the acclaim retained on Saturday. That's kind of where I'm at too. Honestly, it's a little bit of where I'm at too. All right, so let's get into... um the events that unfolded with uh, Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and Hobbs. So Tony Schiavone is interviewing Samoa Joe in the ring, and he basically asked him, like, why would you turn on Wardlow the way that you did? And Samoa Joe basically said um, that he doesn't want to sit around and be a victim, says he doesn't want to wait For anyone to save him, he's going to save himself. So basically insinuating that Wardlow was going to do the same thing to him, but he just basically beat him to the punch, that sort of thing. And says if anybody has a problem with it, they can take it up with him. And as he's talking about all of this, Hobbs comes out. And Hobbs, we know, we've talked about him looking pretty much so jacked up. Like we are seeing the glow up of Hobbs right now he's officially had his glow up man uh he's big he's beefy he looks good like I was already a fan of Hobbs but I always still saw him as somebody that was new somebody that still had to do you know a lot more to really um I don't know just just so that I could feel convinced right to see him in certain positions you know you got to do a little something right uh recently with Hobbs just really getting incredibly fit and I don't know how to describe it but when he's been coming out lately he's had this new uh kind of energy where he just screams bad ass and I like this because keep in mind he's in there with Wardlow Wardlow who's TNT you know is TNT champion he uh you was part of a major program with MJF coming off of that he gets the gold and you know he's a very popular guy right then you have Samoa Joe Samoa Joe is not the kind of guy that you say oh he looks like he's acting as a wrestler no this man it doesn't take much to buy that he is a legit uh, ass kicker. Like he will, like, if you see Samoa Joe down the street, ain't nobody messing with Samoa Joe, all right? Like you see him and you're like, nah, that dude, that dude would fuck me up. So he just has that kind of presence. So, and when you are going to be in a program with Wardlow and with Samoa Joe, and you are still relatively, uh, you know, making a name for yourself, it, you really have to bring in this type of uh, personality, this type of um, energy. And I feel that Hobbes has really started to show that to the point where I don't feel, you know, sometimes there's some. Three ways where you're like, ah, oh, you know, this match would have been better without this third person. We could have just had so and so together. I actually am a little bit more excited that Hobbs is in this match. And granted, I would have definitely just taken Wardlow and Samoa Joe, but I kind of like that they added Hobbs into all of this because why the hell not? Like, I was just re-watching um, a video from one of Chris Jericho's earlier uh, scrums, and one of the thing that he was one of the things that he was talking about in that was that. You know, a lot of the criticism that AEW gets is that they put way too many people on TV, right? Way too many people. And obviously, you know, the booking has always been, you know, there's always gonna be people that disagree and don't like certain things. But Jericho basically said, you know, the reason why we put so many people on uh, AEW programming is because, you know, we want everybody to have some sort of purpose on the show. So I feel like, yeah, they had something here. They could have definitely had something here with just Samoa Joe and Wardlow, and that can continue on and be, what happens later on, but I feel that adding Hobbs to this, it's just kind of like, Getting somebody else over, you know, getting the rub from Samoa Joe from Wardlow. He did the work. He looks jacked. I I I really like the position that this has put Hobbs in. And I feel he's actually complimenting it instead of taking away from it, rather. So I'm glad about this. So, anyways, he comes out and he basically says that he's the one that's been kicking Wardlow's ass uh the past several weeks and even offers it to do to offers to kick the ass of Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe's like, get your ass in here. He He don't give he don't care Samoa Joe's like get your ass in here um Wardlow's music plays and this was interesting Wardlow's music plays but instead he comes out from behind and he attacks Samoa Joe from behind he spears him that was interesting the fact that he came from behind I think the only reason I'm justifying this is because this is not really this is not the character of Wardlow I mean we're talking about Wardlow a guy who fought like a hundred security guards right but the way that I'm seeing is, I think he wanted to catch Samoa Joe off guard the way that Samoa Joe caught him off guard last week. And I'm thinking he also just didn't want to have to go through powerhouse Hobbs and Samoa Joe. So kind of keeping a little bit of strategy. So even though it's a little bit unlike Wardlow to go about that tactic, I thought it kind of worked for, for this particular story here. So it's fine. Um. Uh, finally, after this, it basically becomes a, a brawl, like what you what you normally see uh, in AEW. Uh, but there was a great spot where Wardlow just freaking flies over the goddamn ring uh, over the ropes and. He just lands on like a million guys, but it looked freaking great. It was a great visual. Uh, And anytime Wardlow does anything that you're like that guy of that size shouldn't be doing. It's very hella impressive. So anyways, this was good stuff. I'm excited for the triple threat. Like I said, I I think Hobbs definitely adds to it in a good way, in a good way. Um, Brandon Charles Powell sends in a generous super chat. Thank you so much to Brandon. Uh, Brandon says Samoa Joe would be the scariest dad ever. If he yelled at me, I would cry. Keep up the excellent work, Denise. Thank you so much, Brandon. And if Samoa Joe yelled at me too, I would freaking cry. So I interviewed Samoa Joe and you guys can watch this interview on my YouTube channel and go and watch it because I look fucking nervous. I was so nervous. Like I don't get nervous anymore when I interview certain people. Only... Sometimes that like, there's times where I'm like, okay, like shit, this is a big name. Oh my God. I'm a little nervous. Like I was a little nervous when I interviewed Seth Rollins, because I didn't know that I was going to get the interview. It's like, shit, Seth Rollins enters the room. Okay, so this is this is how that went. Seth Rollins entered the room. I had no idea I was going to interview him. I had nothing planned for Seth Rollins whatsoever. He enters the room. And um, Adam Uh, who handles PR for WWE great guy he looks at me and he's like oh go over there with Denise right and I'm like they're bringing me Seth Rollins right now holy shit Denise think and go and you know in those situations you got to think really fast right so anyways I was nervous for that interview too but Samoa Joe oh man I was so freaking nervous for Samoa Joe because he just he's very intimidating and I'm sure you know obviously he's a nice guy right like he's not mean or anything like that but he just has a very intimidating presence where I'm like shaking in my boots you know type of thing and I'm like please Denise do not say anything stupid that would make you look like an idiot in front of Samoa Joe and the first thing I said was oh my god I'm such a big fan I loved your match with Ke- your matches with Kenta Kibashi uh uh And then thank you so much for doing this interview. Let's get started. So yeah, take that for what you will. But anyway, Samoa Joe just has an intimidating presence for sure. Uh, Thank you so much to Brandon Charles uh, for sending in this generous super chat. It's much appreciated. Sorry if I went off on a tangent talking about uh, other things. But um, all right, (laughs) Uh, let's get into uh, Britt Baker. So last week, it kind of got a little... uh, complicated here and the complication was really so there were people that I feel were somewhat split on the events that unfolded with Soraya and Britt Baker last week now I was on the side of I loved it I loved it I really did um and there was a lot of people who did not, and they did not for one of the reasons, really just being kind of that Britt Baker. And this was something that I did mention last week. Britt Baker was making a whole lot of sense in that interview, uh, and excuse me, in that promo. She was making a lot of sense because it's true, you know, Soraya didn't help build AEW. She wasn't there from the beginning. Britt Baker was. So for her to come in and be like, "Oh, this is my house," eh, you know, if I'm Britt Baker bro, I would be freaking pissed if somebody came in to speak now pro wrestling and was like, oh, this is my house. I'd be like, bro, were you here the last like 500 episodes? I don't think so. Um, so I get it, man. Uh, so I feel like this is my theory based on what we saw last week, based on what we saw, especially more so even so today from Britt Baker, I have a feeling that the tables are going to turn guys uh Britt baker felt a little bit baby face to me today and let me run this through and i'm curious to see if anybody else here in that chat in the chat kind of got that vibe because i kind of did so Britt baker comes out and she basically says that although saraya poked fun at her for only being uh, on TV, for being an AEW for three years, that in those three years, she went from this happy girl of like, oh, I'm just glad to be here, right? To this tenacious, confident woman. All right, that to me, that's, you know, I can applaud for that. You know, I like that. I like that, that Britt Baker said that. Okay, continue on. I can't hate her for saying that. Continue on, she says, I became my own role model. And then this is the part that really got me thinking what the hell is going to happen on At Full Gear because she brings up the pandemic era. Uh, we all remembered how they had to do all of those shows out of Daly's place in Jacksonville. And she basically says, you know, we kept the fire of the fans and their passion for this brand. We kept it burning. Like we kept it going. And you, Soraya, will never will never be part of that era. You will never know of that era. And that to me, that got a great little reaction from the crowd, guys. Like that was a complete baby face portion of this promo. And I in particular even liked it even more because it was straight to the camera. She wasn't being interviewed. This was just her and the camera, um, you know, connecting and whatnot. So I do have a feeling that, we're going to see more of a babyface Brett Baker. She says she's the heart and soul and pulse of AEW. And Soraya can get the hell out because uh, this is her house. And she did get cheered during this. Uh, later on, uh, Soraya does talk to Renee. And she basically says that she's just done with the back and forth and she's done talking about it and she's ready for full gear. Now, um, shout out to Chris Van Vliet, who recently did an interview with Soraya. I thought there was a lot of good stuff from that interview, one of which I feel is important to know is that Soraya did say that she knows, she absolutely knows that she's going to be heavily scrutinized uh, with whatever it is that she does in this match coming up at full gear. Uh, So it's going to be interesting because I feel like I feel like the fans kind of turned on Soraya. Some of the fans, obviously not everybody, but some of the fans, I feel kind of turned on Soraya a little bit. And I think a big reason for that was just a lot of the content that was occurring between her debut to now. And so they kind of they kind of turned on her a little bit. So I do think like I'm even I, like no matter what, she is going to be scrutinized in that match, which is you know unfortunate because. It's her first match back, guys, in nearly five years. She nearly, you know, really, se- she really, really severely injured herself and all of that. So, It does. It is kind of crazy. And I felt really bad for her because she said that she was not going to go on social media following this match at full gear, that she's not going to go in at all. I don't blame her. I really don't blame her because whatever happens on that match, like let's say she feels she does a great job and that the match went great and it's perfect. And she's like, you know, riding on cloud nine, she can easily go on social media and see people saying like, oh, she's not the same anymore. Oh, she sucks. Or why did Tony Khan spend this much money? Or whatever the hell you see people say on social media uh, that could really easily bring down a person so I did kind of feel for her when she said that she's not going to go on social media following her match with Britt Baker so that was something to take away from that I thought was pretty interesting so I almost feel like we may see a shift a turn of the tables here for uh, Brett Baker and Soraya uh, let's get some thoughts. What did you guys think about this? We have a uh, very generous super chat from Chris Reigns. Thank you so much to Chris, man. Uh, Chris says, this was probably my favorite Brit promo, and she has had some good ones. I agree. I think we get a double turn. The crowd loves her, so they should go with it. And I agree with you, too. I think this was, I you know, it's hard to say because Brit Baker has had a lot of really good promos, and, you know, you can't remember them all verbatim, especially. But this one, I think it was more so what really worked and I know she's done ones where she's stalking straight to the camera before but I just feel this one hit a little bit different and I think the reason for this one was legitimately the pandemic portion of the promo that she was talking about Jacksonville dude I think that really really resonated with uh AEW fans because that was kind of a you know, interesting period and they really kept things going like literally the best that they could. And, uh, and she was part of that too. So I feel like that really connected with people and that was the best part. So this was definitely a good promo and I hope we get to see more stuff like this, which I'm sure we will, because she's already now at a certain level where, uh, her promos for the most part are, you know, pretty good, pretty solid continuously back to back. Right. Uh, thank you so much to Chris Reigns for this very generous super chat. Seriously, uh, shout out! Um, all right, we got a couple more super chats in here that I need to bring up. This one is from Heidi Ho. It's not a bot. It says Soraya should really to- should totally embrace being the heel in this feud. I mean, might as well, right? And that's the thing. Like, I really thought that. I really thought that Soraya coming in and being. You know, somebody that went through this whole up and down journey. I really thought that she would be, you know, accepted with open arms. And she was in the beginning when she debuted, everybody loved it. But I just think everything that followed the couple, the next couple of weeks, especially that first live promo that she did, I think that probably hurt her a lot more than some of us may think. Uh, And that was, you know, we talked about that heavily when that happened, that was not a good promo was not a good segment. And, you know, we broke that down back then, but I do think that it kind of impacted how people felt about Soraya. And so now, uh, you know, maybe they should embrace her turning heel and she can, it's very easy. Like she, you know, she can basically be like, I'm literally coming back from this, uh, you know, I'm literally out here risking my life and, putting my neck on the line again and blah, blah, blah. You know, she can go off from there. So it's a really easy way to get that double turn going, but we'll see what happens. Either way, Heidi Ho is not a bot. Thank you so much for sending in uh, this super chat. I appreciate it um, a whole lot. All right, so let's continue on from here. Uh, Let's see. Let's get into what was probably one of the best matches of the night. It definitely was up there, and this was – Death Triangle versus Dante, Darius, and AR Fox. Obviously, Top Flight and AR Fox. Shit, this was fucking good. Um, this was really good. This was a lot of fun. I don't know how to explain it. We got some great, great teamwork oh, from both sides. But I, in particular, want to put over Death depth triangle because, damn, there was so much good stuff. Them doing the three-way drop kick that was freaking good. There was a moment where uh, Top Flight literally launched Pac into uh, AR Fox and then got him with a cutter. Literally, sk- Slingshotted a man. Uh, that was brilliant. I love that. A black Arrow from Pack for the win. I mean, I just literally named three things because. I was so into this match. I wasn't writing everything down, move for move. It was literally just a lot of fast paced action. Very good to see uh, top flight getting to team once again. Obviously, you know, Adarius, Darius, how was, you know, taking care of injuries and stuff like that. So him being back out here, good for them, man. They really, really came through here tonight. Like this was chef's kiss for them. Get them back up on there as a team, put them back on the map. A.R. Fox did a great job too. all of them thumbs up, man. I want to see these guys be rewarded. Honestly, uh, that's about it because that the major story here is obviously um, the big announcement. And I love the way they did it too. I love this. It was very simple. They show the graphic on the screen of Death Triangle and they have this empty space and no, it was not John Cena. John Cena's not going to wrestle them. Uh, let me pull this up. Let me pull it up. Okay. And then out of nowhere, you see the graphics start to show a reveal of who their opponents are going to be. And then we see the elite. Now we spoke about this last week because they pretty much were telling us without telling us that the elite were gonna be coming to full gear uh, with that teaser video that they did last week. It was already showing so much that basically alluded to them coming out here. and this had been reported a couple weeks ago that the thought was that it would be the elite against the Deaf triangle and obviously as much as i love the Deaf triangle and as much as i want to continue seeing them as the trios champions it's definitely going to be uh the elite they have to come out winning uh at full gear i can't see it going any other way they got to get their belts back and they got to do uh what they had originally planned for those bouts but there you go the elite are officially coming back to uh AEW coming back at full gear, and I really hope we get that dang media scrum. Uh, we got people putting over the, how good how insane the crowd was. Completely agree with all of that, man. They were pretty they were pretty hot for that uh match with Def Triangle and Top Flight and AR Fox. Uh, so there you go, guys. Expect the elite at full gear because it is happening. Um, all right. So now let's get into, uh, one of the other things that we have to talk about, which was the, uh, tournament and let me pull up the graphic here so today we got ethan page versus Bandito. uh ethan page who obviously already defeated eddie kingston uh Bandito, who defeated roosh and so they went head to head here tonight and this was a pretty good match guys this was a fun one uh Bandito literally going out there and just doing beautiful things beautiful moonsault off the top uh off the the top of the ring post actually brilliant stuff he like this to like this. This he makes things look like nothing. Like it is so simple the way he does things, so smooth. Hits a really nice tornado onto Ethan Page immediately after inside the ring. Um, a lot of good stuff. There's a moment with Page body slams him off of the top rope onto the floor. Uh, finally he hit he hits the eagle's edge and pins Bandito. Um, Bandito and Page were definitely two of the people that I s- considered scene go all the way. My first pick was Bandito, guys. Like I was rooting for Bandito, but I knew that there was a good shot that it was going to be Ethan Page uh going into the finals. Uh and it's Ethan Page. And this is huge for him. This is the most high profile thing. At least in my eyes, that he's done in AEW, and he's you know been there now for a for 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 a hot minute. He's been there, so I feel like this is finally going to be his opportunity to prove himself on AEW. So I'm happy for Ethan, and he's obviously going to go into the um into the uh excuse me the uh I'm blanking right now into the set into the into the finals excuse me um all right and then we are still gonna be seeing Ricky Starks and Lance Archer in the title eliminator tournament match this Friday. Uh so that's going to be that's going to be a good one too. I'm really looking forward to that. Um I'm thinking that it's gonna be Ricky Starks but we'll see. And my prediction is still that it's gonna be now, from the looks of it, it's got to be Ricky Starks, Ethan Page. That's looking like it's going to be the finals. But we'll see what the hell happens, guys. All right. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into our next topic here. And really quickly, we had Tony Storm versus Anna Jay. It was supposed to be the bunny, but she was out, uh, I believe, due to illness. Or she wasn't feeling too good. So they replaced her with Anna Jay. This was not bad. I thought that this was going to be just like, you know, whatever's but I actually thought it ended up being a little bit better than that uh this was a fun little match between Tony and Anna Tony got the win clearly and after this Jamie Storm I mean excuse me Jamie Storm Jamie Hater comes out and confronts Tony Storm and this is here's the thing guys like they're keeping things very simple with Jamie they're keeping things like I don't know like something I know that Jamie Hayter is like the popular one, the popular person heading into this, but they haven't really been presenting her that much in the sense where I'm thinking like, I'm wondering if she's going to win or not. I'm not as convinced. Like they've been having her go out there and get some wins, get some singles wins and all of that. But I feel like we need to hear from her. I feel like we need to hear more from Jamie Hayter than we have, um, I don't know. I feel like we just need a little bit more attention. Like this is the interim AEW Women's World Championship match that we're talking about. And so I do kind of feel like there needs to be a little bit more attention on that Tony Storm, Jamie Hader stuff. Like just a simple face-to-face. It just felt very um, like just there. It just felt like it was very simple. I think I, I would have just liked a little bit more um, heading into the actual uh, pay-per-view match. So I did kind of think like, okay, well... This feels very like, it just, it just felt like kind of vanilla, you know, like there was nothing else to really add to that, nothing else. So we'll see what the hell happens. I have no idea. Um, all right, so before we get into the main event, we do got a couple of matches that were announced for AW Rampage this Friday. We got Eddie Kingston and Ortiz uh, going up against June Akiyama and Takeshita, and that was something that had everybody, like, freaking out on social media. It was something that had already been – it wasn't – there was rumors about it, but I think the original rumors that I saw going around was Eddie Kingston versus Akiyama – but then he ended up making it into a tag team. So I didn't see the rumors about the tag team. I saw I had seen the rumors about the uh, singles match happening. But anyway, so they're doing the tag team match, which I think is just a better way to go about it. Uh, I think it'll be a lot better throwing in keshta in there. So I think this one will be pretty fun. And I think that this is what you need for Rampage. Uh, this is one of the things that they need for Rampage. Adding stuff that you didn't think you were going to be seen. So Damn, thumbs up. Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer in the title eliminator. Hoping to see Ricky Starks win that. Hook defending his FTW title against Lee Moriarty. And Athena will be taking on Madison Rayne. So for the most part, you know, there's, I would say at least, uh, I would say for the most part, this is a pretty okay Rampage lineup. The tag team match is definitely having people buzzed and talking about it. You want to tune into the title eliminator match because that's important. And Hook is over and Lee Moriarty is pretty popular too. So I would say that's a good uh, little chunk of reason, a couple of reasons to tune into AEW Rampage. Solid stuff. All right, main event, everybody. Well, main event is actually a promo, but <laughs> let's get into Moxley and MJF, guys. Uh this is the this is the match. Whether or not we're gonna see MJF walk out AEW world champion uh, is yet to be seen. I mean, I feel like I feel like this is it. Like it has to be it, right? Like it feels like it has to be MJF, but you just never know anymore. But I feel like this it has to be MJF, right? So Monsley comes out here and he's basically putting himself over as champion, saying he defined the AEW World Championship, even saying that he talks shit and that he backs it up. He says that he did a little research on MJF and that he found out that he's a good singer, took a summer vacation, and um, I think he mentioned only having like one win or something. So he said, excuse me if I'm not necessarily shaking in my boots uh, over MJF. This is just a kid playing wrestler. And I think that MJF fears he won't live up to the hype. So a lot of, you know, just bearing MJF during all of this, right? And finally, we have... um, Moxley saying that he challenges MJF to show him that he's actually got something, to show him that he has guts, to show him that he has a pair of balls, etc. So that's what we get from John Moxley. Finally, Stokely comes out, and then the firm comes out and they all start jumping Moxley. So he's, you know, being outnumbered and MJF. Uh, music hits he runs out he starts laying out the firm and he says that the only reason he helped out john moxley during this is because he doesn't want uh john moxley's fans to to basically have a reason they don't he doesn't want them to have a reason so if mjf defeats him at full gear he doesn't want john moxley's fans to be like oh it was because of this this and that so that's basically what mjf uh, went on to say he then goes on and says that uh, he knows that he's in for the fight of his life. Says he's not the same kid that John Moxley fought before. And I love this part because he says, you can snap, crackle, snap, crackle, and pop every single ligament, joint and bone in my body. I will not stop because I need that belt more than I need water, more than I need food. Giant pause. And I'm thinking I know where he's going with this. He doesn't go that direction. And then he says, and I need it more than oxygen. <laughs> um, and he goes, because when you're the, when you're the AEW uh, champion, you're the man, you're the best wrestler on God's green earth. And then goes off to say that it is his time to be AEW world champion. Moxley then starts to tell him actually before Moxley even gets to start speaking again, uh, MJF tries to do his catchphrase, but you know, the devil himself, instead, John Moxley cuts him off and he's like dude i've never even seen the point of you anyways like i never saw what the big deal in you is and as he's continuing on to like get his revenge on this comeback on uh on mjf he tells them like this sunday and then he pauses and he goes wait is this show on sunday or saturday he goes this saturday and then continues on with his um you know continues on with what he was saying to MJF so this was really just a nice back and forth I feel like this wasn't like the hottest thing that I'm like the biggest this wasn't anywhere near the top of best MJF promos or anything like that but I thought it was fine I thought and you know it could have been maybe a little bit more considering that it is the go-home show into full gear for this match for MJF John Moxley, but I thought it was fun. I mean it, clearly like MJF's already had like really great promos and this one was good. It just wasn't, I think as I don't think it really stood out to me as some of the other ones that he's had in the past, but it wasn't bad at all though. Uh, this was fun. This was a fun just them talking shit back and forth. We got a super chat here from, um, from Brandon Rosen. Thank you so much to Brandon for this generous, generous super chat. Brandon says, I hope Full Gear is a fantastic show, not only for the matches and storylines, but because the company has had a rough year behind the scenes. I hope that an awesome pay-per-view is what Tony Khan and AEW need to turn it around. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've been getting, uh, the, especially coming off of All Out and some, some consistent uh, bad press. And I know people say bad press is like good. I know some people think that, but it wasn't looking good for a bit there. It kind of got a little ugly uh, for AEW. So they definitely do need uh, to put out a really good pay-per-view and just have everything go the way that they need it to go. None of this, you know, going off the rails, having somebody go off on the media scrum, no bras, this and that, um, you know, they just need things to run pretty smoothly. So we'll see how things turn out at full gear. Um. All right. I think that was about it here. Thank you so much to Brandon for sending this in. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, this is Melissa Cabello says, Well, William Regal turning on. Will William Regal turn on John Moxley? That would be hot stuff, man. Especially after there. Like, William Regal and MJF's promo. Their face off, their back and forth. Now that shit was freaking good. That was all the stars, all of it. Uh, that was good stuff, in my opinion. Uh, I really love that. So I would love to see where else this can go. Here, this is from Kevin, who says, "I mean, Regal could turn in, um, could turn in MJF, but I don't want the BCC uh, turn on MJF. Excuse me, but he doesn't want the Blackpool Combat Club to break up." I don't necessarily, if he does turn on John Moxley, let's just say he does. I don't think, well, first of all, you wouldn't get a breakup of officially, it would just be William Regal. I mean, he would just be out, right? But everybody else can still t- stay together. And Regal could go off and do his own, his own thing with MJF if he wants. But I just don't, what would that look like? You know, MJF and Regal together? I mean, that would be something. What would it look like? Because MJF is his own mouthpiece, so Regal doesn't need to be a mouthpiece or anything like that for him. Um, so, what would he? What would it be like? Would it be just like he wouldn't be his background? He wouldn't be his. Ah, he obviously wouldn't be like his Wardlow or anything like that, huh? I don't know, guys. I don't know if I don't know if Regal's going to turn on John Moxley. I'm not too convinced. I'm not too convinced, but what the hell do I know? Uh, Heidi Ho is not a bot. Sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho who says MJF don't need the diamond ring because Regal is going to hand him the brass knucks to you. So we got a lot of people here uh, kind of feeling like Regal is going to turn on John Moxley. And that's been the whole thing too, where it's like Regal was telling him to, you know, do this fairly Uh, And for the most part, MJF has been going about it that way. But what if at the last minute, you're just like, nope, still the same old MJF. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Thank you so much to Heidi Ho is not a bot for sending this in. All right. And let's see what else we got here. Um, Let's get some comments and see what people are saying. Oh, man. Yodan says the MvP of AEW is not losing a belt against MJF at full gear. I don't know about that, guys. I don't know about that, guys. I have a good feeling MJF's gonna I have a good feeling MJF's gonna become champion. I just can't imagine not happening, having it not happen at full gear. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else we got. This is from Justin who says, if you notice the firm guys went down very easily when MJF hit them, uh, this could possibly all be a big swerve and they help MJF on Saturday. that's another thing. Okay. Uh, let me get some more thoughts here. This is from Leonard who says MJF and Regal could be this generation's flair and JJ Dillon, but it would be absolutely intriguing. Not sure what it'd do to the BCC, especially after whatever happens at full gear. And let me see what else we got here. goat <laughs> 666DB says, Regal is the only thing Blackpool about the BCC. So IDK, you have a really good point here. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, man. Oh, that's good stuff, guys. All right. So. We got a lot of, we got a couple of opinions here. Zeno Hour says Regal shouldn't help MJF. I think that's a bad idea. Uh, King of Wakamundo Mundo predicts MJF baby first baby face turn to be insane. Uh, YT points out that the BCC is already falling apart. That is kind of true. We've been seeing some, you know, some drama there. Um, Jesus. All right. That's going to be something to see how that plays out. YT says, imagine if Regal leaves, it would burst immediately. Yeah. Pretty much, right? And I still feel like they can do a little bit more with that. But I don't know, guys. I don't know if Regal's going to turn or not. We will see. Alrighty, everyone. That was AEW Dynamite November 16th. I seriously want to thank each and every single one of you, as always, for tuning in. Every time you guys tune in, I'm like, oh, my God. It just really means a lot to me. So thank you guys seriously so much. Um, heads up, I I don't know I'm going to be here on Friday. My flight gets in, I think, like around 6 or 7 and. Uh, where am I going? Newark. I keep thinking I'm going to Albany. Like, why do I keep thinking that? I keep thinking I'm going to Albany for some reason. Why? I don't know. Watch me show up to the wrong place. Um, Newark. Newark. Newark is where the show's at. Uh, So I'll be showing up there around that time. And I know that East coast time SmackDown would start at eight o'clock. So if I can make it to SmackDown, then I will definitely, if I can make it back to my hotel and be there to watch the show, then I will definitely be here on Friday. If not, then I'll probably just have to uh, be back afterwards. Uh, But either way, I will be at full gear. Not in Albany, but in Newark, I will be at full gear. I will be at the media scrum, so make sure you're following me on Twitter uh, to get all the you know information up to date, interesting stuff, tidbits. All of that will be posted there. On top of that, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo, because that's where I will be uploading all of the media scrum footage and pretty much anything interesting that I gather uh, over the weekend. So seriously, guys, thank you so much. As always, make sure to tweet, share that you enjoyed this podcast if you did, uh, it would help me out a whole lot. And if not, I will see you guys back here next week. Bye, everyone. Take care.